What? You know that kid or something? I hope his pants get caught in a bloodbath ensues. What is with you today? Don't get me wrong, I don't wish the kid harm, but his mother should suffer that horrific ordeal so she'll learn how to manage her child. Sort of a harsh lesson, though, you think? Man, there's not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't read about some escalator accident involving some bastard kid that could have been easily avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent conditioned him to fear and respect that escalator. That kid is back on the escalator again. That's criminal. That kid. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Oh, fucking take all you want. Come in again, medic. There's a little boy caught in the escalator. Black Run Podcast presents Mall Rats. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run Podcast. I'm Ryan from Coltsploitation.com and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are uh, back today with a different sort of episode. We don't normally do a lot of comedy. Yeah, shows that really branch out from like comedy slash horror or I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Yeah, branch out from horror slash sci-fi slash culty, you know, exploitation films. But today we do get to do a different style with the comedies. A cult comedy. Yeah. Cult- we are, let's say we are a B-movie. Yeah, yeah. We're, we, we do cult films. We do B-movie films. And we don't do a whole lot of them. And for one thing, it's because they we, we do a lot of superhero movies because they're... You know, populating, and and apparently we've added on Star Wars here, too, (laughs) and with our last episode in Solo, Uh, but also, you know, it's just that... It's called, as I say, it's called diversification. That's true, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and even, like, with Cultsploitation as a a, uh, website, we tend to gravitate towards those horror, you know, sci-fi exploitation films, when really there are a whole lot more films that fall into the cult status that aren't, aren't part of that trend you know a lot of comedies are technically cult films and we don't cover enough of them so we're rectifying that today we've done a couple i mean we did the life aquatic uh which you know is something of a cult black comedy um we did uh what's that yeah we did the room although that falls into sort of a like a mystery genre sort of like terrible (laughs) mystery style thing well tommy why so would have you believe now it was meant to be a black comedy Ah. and and we did have one really weird episode where we did cats and dogs for jeff goldblum (laughs) which was a to be honest a a, a very difficult episode to do in in like all (laughs) in all honesty it was a really hard episode to do uh, so we have done a few of those Outlanders, and today uh, we're back with uh, I think our only Kevin Smith film that we've ever done. Right? We never we've never done any other ones. No. Yeah. But well, we have brought him up. So. Yeah, we brought him up a few times. We never actually touched on an, uh, a movie that he's done. But we're doing Malt Rats today, just ki- kind of on a whim when we last announced it. Well, because you were looking at your uh, movies last week, um, well, two weeks ago, and you're just like looking at them like holy shit. Mm. And I was like, hey, look, there's the Mallrats uh, Blu-ray I got you two years ago for uh, Christmas. I'm like, yeah. you probably haven't watched it yet. And you're like, nope. <laughs> nope, I hadn't. So it was time to break it out and watch it on Blu-ray. So um, I guess before we talk about the film itself mm-hmm. and what we're drinking like we usually do. Sure. Let's talk about Kevin Smith a little bit. Okay. What's your, what's your first experience with Kevin Smith? 
Um, my first experience... He's a very polarizing... To be honest with you, my first experience was Mallrats, and it was because I caught it on TV. Like, a very quick... Um, now, what, what is this? Because I've never seen Mallrats on TV. Comedy Central used to play Jane, Silent Bob, and Dogma. I believe it was... All the, like, I think it was on Comedy Central, and it was probably um, early 2000s, I would say. Probably. Um, so that was my first experience, and then after that, it was Clerks. Um, I would have to say mine's probably Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Interesting. See, I've never seen you talking about that. Because I, I saw it. that on VHS, like, right after it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, something I think randomly my, like, my mom yeah. brought home. Or yeah, something. see, I've never seen it, actually. I never... I that is either VHS or we, like, me and, like, a couple of my sisters and somebody else, like, decided to order it on, like, the satellite. And, like, it's like, well, we didn't really look like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. I'm like, whoa. It, honestly, though, I haven't seen a whole lot of Kevin Smith films. I haven't seen um, uh, Chasing Amy. I haven't seen all of Dogma. Um, I never saw Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. So I haven't seen a lot of his films. I've seen... Well, have you seen the important one? Cop Out. <laughs> no, I didn't either. And to or as you'd probably call Cash In. Cash In, that's right. I, uh, and I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen his more recent Tusk. I, I haven't seen anything since Red State. I've... See, I'm at, you know... Yeah, um, me too. That's, um, that's probably the last one I saw. I saw. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Kevin Smith fan. I, I Like I said, I... I wanted to ask the question because I know he's a polarizing f- figure as a, like a film director. Sure, and um, as a just a, a figure in general, you know, as twi- um, and Twitter and I mean, um, I mean, I don't see how you can hate him as a person. He's a very likable guy. Like anytime you like you listen to him talk and you know talk with people, he's very personal, likable. Like comes across as one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Just like very down to earth. Like oh yeah, sure. and he and he'll like if you're like yeah. You, your movie sucks. Like, I know I'm not a good director. He openly admits he's like, yeah. I'm not a good director. Loves you know? his daughter. Yeah. You know, he seems like a pretty good guy. I mean, I, you the know, only flaw I have with him now is like, now he's got Johnny Depp in his movie. Like, you know, Johnny, sure. you know. Yeah. I mean, an obsession with Johnny Depp and his daughter in movies. Well, it's and because, it, um, his daughter goes to, like, they're, they're friends. Right. Right. No. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense and everything and, you know, ne- nepotism and all that. But, um, but I, you know, he 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 even said in an interview. It's funny. He's like, now that I'm older, my daughter's getting older. He's like, I just want to make movies now that has her in. You know, like let's put you in movies. Right, you know, yeah. So um, no, I I didn't I didn't see yoga hosers, um, <laughs> uh, as I like to refer to it. No, I, I haven't seen that one. And you're right, I haven't seen anything since Red State that he's done. Uh, Red State we watched together mm-hmm. um, when it came out. When it came yeah. out, uh, that so that was a long time ago, 2010. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I, I've. You know, my first experience with Jane Silent Bob, and I just remember being a kid, like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, do- I remember catching, seeing, like I said, Dogma, they used to play all the time on Comedy Central, so yeah. I've seen Dogma a million times. Clerks, I remember seeing, too, on TV. Um, Chasing Amy, I kind of had to go out of my way, you know, to look for. Mallrat, same thing, like, on DVD. And one of the first, like, um, movie experiences I remember... Like, as a teenage, like, as a, well, like, late teens, like, 16. Yeah. Was, uh, no, actually, no, 17, because it was rated R. Is when two th- when Clerks 2 came out, and mm-hmm. we went in to see it. Yeah. Um, so that was like, a very funny It's one of the time. best, one yeah. of the best, um, probably film experiences th- I've ever had. That and Jackass 2 were mm-hmm. probably the funniest experiences that I've had at a theater. Yeah. Because Clerks 2, especially as a 17-year-old kid, is fucking hilarious, 
in terms of the constant smattering of sexual innuendos that just come at you. And I, I mean, I haven't watched it. I think I watched it one other time with you since then. And I've only seen it twice in those two times. So I have a feeling that I might not find it as funny well, the second time or the, you know, the next time around. Well, that's, that's, um, that's the thing though. Even really good comedies. I, I agree. I have seen Clerks too, like probably five or six times now, six times now. Um, comedies, even really great ones. Like once you kind of know everything that's coming, you like, you'll be laughing more internally than sure, out loud. Sure. Uh, like you know, it's never going to be the same as that first experience. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, like I said, there are very few comedies I could watch over and over again. Like be laugh. Like coming to America's one, like that, like comes to my mind. John Landis film. I could watch a million times. I'm always be like dying laughing. I'll st- I'll still laugh at Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. You know, or va- regular Vacation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, even, a- even like I said, even really good comedies like Kevin Smith's films for the most part. It's hard, like after you've seen them like a couple of times, you know, it's to, to really to laugh. But you'll get it. Like maybe, maybe I'm jaded, but I didn't even like laugh that much at just comedies I've seen for the first time. For the most part, now I I I have a don't generally like uproariously laugh like I used to. Well, I'm more jaded too because the, the more the, the more the comedies we go see now are Marvel films. <laughs> So now it's just like that um, internet. No, I think you mean DC films. No, those, those are, are the comedies that. No, we those those are tragedies. <laughs> those are yeah. shit. <laughs> yes, but uh, no, but like that's like the comedies I go see now, like Marvel films, and when they have like the, and like the you know new Solo, it was like that uh, you know right. new Star Wars film Solo, like those like internet style, like really quick, like you know like you know bam bam bam, like you know they don't let jokes kind of just build yeah, and yeah, sit, yeah. you know it's all like. Um, Kind of like how I hate how people on YouTube edit their videos. It's all just jump cuts, like from like, so I'm doing this and like jumps, like then I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and yeah, you know, frantic. It's that's that's why we do our podcast in one long take, fuck ups and everything. We're big fans (laughs) of um, big fans of Goodfellas. No edits. Yeah, (laughs) big fans of that uh, taking Goodfellas. That's right. But um, but yeah, so I um, a little off track. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Like I said, basically from Clerks up to Red State, I've seen it and. Almost all of his films, I enjoy, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so what kind of what I want to bring up because, like I said, Clerk, I love Clerks, and I'm so pissed. And now, after work, as I was telling you, after working five years in a convenience store, I'm so pissed off that film got made before I ever had the chance because that I would make that film. Now, you would have done it, except it wouldn't be attached to a. Uh, video store it'd be part ice cream parlor too and the hilarity that ensues there you go um remember when we uh we were talking about you know coming coming up on 100 episodes and we're gonna start to do a little bit more news and we didn't actually really do much (laughs) news after we you know said that well we do have some news today um we want to talk really been that much big well i mean there's not a huge you know you could always say there's big news but nothing that's really caught our fancy to talk about on this show well we did talk a little bit about the new suspiria sure yeah yeah we did yeah um but we do have some today uh obviously as you know the halloween trailer has now released the the 2018 uh not quite remake but takes the same name as the original halloween sort of trailer that's coming out um from the sequel yep from blumhouse Mm -hmm. And uh, so, 
From Blumkin? Blumhouse, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've all had a chance to watch it now. and um, I was hesitant to watch it. I kind of didn't want to, but well, it was plastered all over Facebook. You couldn't so, miss it. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll... I really did want to watch it because I, I was really uh, like looking for it when it was going to be first released. I knew it was going to be released on f- that uh, that Friday, and I was looking for it, and I was like, when's it going to get released? When's it going to get released? And then all of a sudden, it started getting plastered all over the place, and I was like, holy shit, it's out. So I watched it at work. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say that I didn't have expectations for this film, but I honestly have low expectations for this film. Um, you know, just thinking about how we've been wronged before, uh, we had <laughs> Halloween H2O, which we recently watched for our slasher month and we found out it was a crap fest recently. You mean a year ago? Uh, I mean a year ago for sure, but still, I, I guess I consider it recently. Uh, that was a crap fest. I should just rename that like Kevin Williamson month. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except minus scream. Yeah. Uh, that was terrible. Halloween resurrection is bad. Resurrection's even worse. Though, yeah. Like H2O. I just don't like H2O because it has so little Halloween in it in general that I, it makes me angry. The only good thing about it is like it's only like 80 minutes. True. It's, it's yeah. like, whoa! I mean, it, you know, it takes forever to get there, but it's like, oh, thank God. You know. True. Short <laughs> short time span. Um, no, but uh, so I didn't have like, I don't have great expectations for this film, but I don't have, I don't, I, I, I I'm either way, I'm not upset that they're making it or anything like that. I'm you knew curious. It was coming eventually. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with it. And I really do hope that it's good. I don't like. I don't have any ill will towards it. Like I fucking hate it. I I hope this fails. I don't care about that. I do really want it to go well. I'm gonna see it opening night. Um, you know, just I'm re- I well, am excited to, about uh, it. Well, you're gonna have to see it twice because I can't see it opening. Night. True, true. So so I am excited. You, it, it better be good then. So. I, I am excited about it for sure. Um, but so watching the trailer, um. I, I did like it. I'll, I'll start with that. I did like it. Uh, did you like it? Did you like the trailer? Um, yeah, I was actually pretty impressed with it, actually. Um, I like. I have some irrational I, I issues mean, with it. I mean, no, there's there's things that like I don't like. I don't like why are these British people coming to this asylum? Why are these? Why is Michael Myers and these other crazy people standing like in this like? cube like x-men yeah like you know, <laughs> x-men stadium. you might as well put them in like the magneto bubble yeah, type right. thing. like oh there's you know yeah. um why at like 70 years old is michael myers still like fit as a spry yeah fit as a That's fiddle what I would to, call him. at least jamie lee curtis has been you know yeah you know well not doing crossfit but she's been practicing she's been annie oakleying since she's been eating yogurt yeah that obviously activia petting yeah. her cats and, that's been obviously working you know Firing that thirty thirty off, and you know, to get that sh- you know her aim down. But that that to me is like I was like, what the f-? you know? That's kind of weird. Michael's too spry. Hopefully, we see him like hobbling at some point. Like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, get a bad hip, yeah, like, yeah. arthritis. <laughs> you see, you see after he kills somebody, he's like pop like a medicate, like for like <laughs> uh, for my diabetes. That's probably you know what though. That's probably how he's eventually vanquished. Is that is he breaks a hip and he just he shows him in the hospital well, and the say, doctor's if, like sorry can't can't repair it. Well, to say if they if they end it the same way like from the first original Halloween, if he falls off that roof, yeah, he ain't yeah. walking away. How about ho- <laughs> hospital acquired pneumonia? <laughs> is is Michael Myers' final death? <laughs> Something like that. To to no, oh, but sorry, that's that is funny. It is funny that seventy yeah. 
You that see, you see, you just say, you see him pissing every five minutes. Like, oh, <laughs> I always, I do. Should have, I should have drank that coffee. <laughs> I do always like to compare like old spry men to uh, um, Ebenezer Scrooge in Christmas Carol when he jumps up on Christmas Day. Like, it's here! I didn't miss it. And he does a little dance. That's how I Clicks, imagine. That's yeah, how click, I imagine Michael on click, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cl- yeah, clicking his heels yeah. like woohoo! But getting back to the trailer itself, I mean, I thought it looked maybe, really maybe, good. Maybe he takes an ED pill after every kill. Like, yep. you know, like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'd be turned on. Fish by, oil. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So, vitamin supplements. Uh, going back to the trailer, um, I did like it. I thought it was really good. Like I said, I have irrational issues with it. Just like, it looks too clean. You know, that's, stu- I know that's stupid. It looks too modern. It, that, for me, I realized that's an irrational issue. Yeah, but after Rob Zombie's like, look at it, Hellbilly Deluxe, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I, I don't want that. Fucking right. Dra- they might as well throughout Halloween one and two was uh, from Rob Zombie. They might as well just had Dragula playing the entire time as he's just like you know. I'm glad I still on. haven't seen Halloween two. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> We're gonna do it this year. We're doing that next week. Yeah. Oh, why? Because it's topical. Hey. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but no, I mean, so the only time that really came up like that with it within this trailer with the Rob Zombiness of it was the teeth scene when they when he's shown like stalking his victim in the in the bathroom, which does come like it's in a Halloween. It's in um Halloween six, I believe. But it's also in Rob Zombie's Halloween, mm-hmm. and With poor that, Ken Foreign. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it really, um, kind. That was like the only thing within the trailer that I was really like, mm, I don't like that. I didn't like at the end how they kind of give the closet thing. Oh yeah, that's a that seems like a big reveal. Hopefully, there's other stuff because that's a huge reveal. It's surprising. And that was a, a a thing that I was reading through in the comments that people were saying is that like re- trailer reveals now. Reveal, like, everything that you can possibly but that's, reveal. Yeah, it's but so we, annoying. Yeah, but we've talked about that when we, like, we, when we reviewed, like, you know, 70s films. Like, hey, did you watch the, uh, the trailer to Death Wish? Yeah. It's true. Tell, literally tells you in the entire film. I like, guess at least they were, the narr- they had a narrator who was telling you. It was like, you know, Charles Bronson is a man who's. Paul Kersey. Yeah, basically, who, yeah. you know, he's going to kill everybody who gets in his way because of his death. Yeah, but they, yeah, but wife. they like literally show like what happens and yeah. then like the ending of the film. I guess. Like literally, like you didn't even have to see the, if you see the, saw the trailer for Death Wish in 1974, you didn't need to see the movie. I just, I just, I do think you're that just killing. Show too. You much. just wanted to kill 90 minutes of yeah. your time now. Yeah. You know. But things I'm excited for within the Halloween trailer. Clearly, they have taken little bits of nostalgia from every one of the films in the franchise and place them in this uh from the masks in Halloween 3 to you know everything else that you get you, the little shots of him in the window right back from the first Halloween it's i like all those callbacks and especially because technically none of those other movies have happened in this so you're you're kind it's of starting over from Halloween now. right exactly so i do like that that that's those are really cool cool things i think the halloween mask the actual michael myers mask looks pretty good not chintzy not like in four or five i like the halloween setting uh which i think looks really good in this film Haddonfield looks like it went to hell in a handbasket uh yeah that's true (laughs) i well that 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 makes sense it is in illinois so the rust belt has fallen on hard times since the 70s i do like uh jamie lee curtis's character a little bit because it seems like she's going to be doing a a loomis type thing maybe maybe she's going to be the villain Maybe. Cause she's she's crazy. She's, she's fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 So I, I think there's a lot of promise here. 
I'm I'm excited for it. And when the music kicked in, I was like, yes. You know, just the doo, 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 doo. I was I love that shit. And I was like, yes. That was that was where I really got amped up for the for this. So I think the trailer did its job, to be honest with you. I think it got a lot of people pumped and a lot of people are now even a little bit more looking forward to the film, whereas there might have been before some detractors or people who were like, you know, I'm not really that excited about it. I'm excited for it. Isn't one of the writers for this, like, uh, from Southbound and Down, like the Showtime show about, like, the baseball, like, comedy? Yeah. Like like the mullet and shit? Yeah. It's the guy with the mullet that... that Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Um, I can't remember his name. uh... I remember him from, like, Tropic Thunder and shit. Yeah, it's, uh... Um, who is it now? I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, it's Danny McBride. Yeah. And so. Here's Danny something. Yeah. I usually I jump the gun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it'll be interesting. Interesting. I mean, I know that he's always been a Halloween fan, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think. Yeah. But Rob Zombie was apparently a Halloween fan. True. And (laughs) it basically just showed that he was more of. Uh, I love my hillbilly background and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and put it trying to shove that into Halloween. And Sherry Moon Zombie's tits. Yes. And her being a whore. <laughs> but no, no, I am I am excited for it now. So, you know. I, Can't I, wait to see it. I'm actually, you know. Now, is there going to be a new, a little, get a little off the uh, beaten path here, but it, may, it did make me think now. A new Saw coming out this year? Jigsaw uh, 2? They're working on a new Saw. Yeah. I don't know if it's coming out this year. You know, it would be surprising if it's not, though, because that would really mess with their timelines that they always used to have. You know, it was always Every, like, if it's Halloween, it's Saw or something. Whatever well, I know. It's a little saw, I, thought, I thought after Jigsaw last year, that was supposed to be the thing that they're going to be pump, believe, start pumping them out again. I, but. I think they're they're working on a Saw, what would it be, Saw 9 now? Yeah, it'd be Saw 9. I, I think they're working on a Saw 9, but um, uh, I'm not sure if it's coming out this year or not so It'll be interesting to see um so should we, should we move on should we move yeah, on that's all, that's, that's yeah that's all that's all we got right i think that's all for news I, really i didn't know i did see there's going to be a new predator movie oh yeah yeah that's been in talks i don't i don't know i saw that trailer i don't know that. i don't know if i care that much I didn't see the uh, previous Predator movie with Adrian Brody. No, so neither did I. I, 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 couldn't I, take, I couldn't take it seriously with Adrian Brody. So I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, can he come back from Aliens versus Predator two? I don't know. Oh, can he come back from Rob Zombie's Halloween too? True. True. Um. All right. So let's talk quickly about what we're drinking today because we really don't have that much on this on the show for for drinks today. Um. I am drinking. The new Jameson whiskey line that they've recently released. I don't know how new it is, really, but it was the first time I've seen it in stores. Uh, Jameson has a line where they bottle, or I guess I wouldn't say bottle, they barrel their whiskey in IPA barrels. Now, whose IPA barrels these are, I don't remember. (laughs) But I know that they're barreling them in an IPA barrel. Did they say specifically, like, what brewer, or they just I think they do. I think they do say who they're brewing it with, but I I can't remember who it is. Um, 
And I'm not going to look it up, so. <laughs> no, but, so they're, they're barreling their uh, whiskey in IPA barrels. Supposed to give it a little bit more of a hoppy flavor. Um, to be honest with you, I really don't taste that much of a difference between, like, a regular Jameson and this Jameson within, with an IPA barrel flavor. Um, I don't get a hop flavor from it at all. I'll say that. Uh, what I might notice is, like, a mellower flavor to it than, you know, it doesn't really have a bite to it. It's more mellow. Um, to drink. And so take that for what it is. I'm not, again, though, as we've said on the show before, neither of us had very discerning taste buds. So we're not like the really, the the people to be like, yes, I taste a little bit of coriander in here from the wood (laughs) of the barrel. Uh, The the wood makes it stand out from. I could taste the termite shit that was in the barrel, you know? Exactly. Um, I don't get a I don't get a huge like hop note from it. Is I mean, what I'm to um, I mean, I try a sip of it because I'm not really. You're not a whiskey drinker, really. Anyway, well, unless it's rye whiskey, but um, it mostly tastes like Jameson. It just tastes like Jameson. It's not like their castmate. Like we've had the castmate, mm-hmm. like the, like the stout castmate, and I really actually like that stout castmate. I think it's really good. It's really smooth. Has nice stout overtones, but also has that nice Jameson Irish. Irish whiskey, you know, flavor, um, which, you know, I, that's one of, you know, that's probably like my favorite Jameson actually is the castmates, stout castmate. Right. And it's, you know, just like, it's a really good blend, you know, it works well. Um, here, I think it'd be interesting to kind of see, cause you know, everything's getting hopped to hell these days. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see like what a whisk, you know, like a hoppy so, whiskey would like be an Irish whiskey or like a hoppy scotch or something, you know, or bourbons, you know, just something different. I'd be interested in trying that, but in here it, it's not noticeable at all. You can't taste any of the hops. The I really don't. I don't get anything. I, I've been trying to taste it, but I don't. And you know, a good comparison too is that I tried this, and then I tried your your pale ale from mm-hmm. Sam Adams, and I just don't like. Even the pale ale overpowers any taste of the whiskey that would could possibly have like the hop, hop flavor, and right? Is, and I was gonna say the pale ale I have tastes not even really that hoppy, it's, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be with pale ale, but I mean. I would say because I have actually because you bought Sam at you finally caved in and bought Sam Adams summer variety. Yep, I had to. My wife really wanted to try the raspberry lemon, and it's only in that. Gotta throw the hefeweizens away though. I'll drink them. I <laughs> am surprisingly coming around to the hef. So only if it's a UFO. No, no. Actually, to be honest with you, no. I I have been drinking. I think it all started when I was at Universal Studios. For and the Halloween October Horror Nights, Fest. and they called it an Oktoberfest, and it was really Hefeweizen, and I was like, meh, I'll drink it. <laughs> but it's yeah. not an Oktoberfest, let's just yeah. get one thing straight there, Florida. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've come around. But, but no, so I went for the pale ale, because I didn't want to take anything special from that, so I was like, alright, I'll just go with Sam's pale ale. Um, it's uh, above average, and I would say barely above average pale ale. I mean... One, I'll commend them because, as we've talked about before, we love pale ales. Mm-hmm. Not enough people make pale ales yeah. anymore. They just go straight to IPAs and Imperial IPAs and et cetera, et cetera. So a pale ale is refreshing because it's, you know, again, it's like, oh, we don't have a pale ale. But we have a session IPA. Right. You know, yeah, so. they just never, they, I mean, they may have had a pale ale previously, but they haven't made it in a while. Yeah. Because the nice thing about pale ale is you get the nice hoppiness 
depending on whatever hop they decide to hop or hops they decide to use for their pale ale. But you also get a much you know more balanced malt taste to go with it yeah, too. Yeah. So it's nice get a nice maltiness, but also to get the hoppiness, not just hop. hop. Yeah, the hops are intentionally it, milder. Yeah. Um. That being said, it's actually pretty. It's at least to me, it's pretty sweet. Actually, I would almost to use your word say it's cloying. A little oh. Bit. Wow, it's it's I mean not like it's like it's like like diabetic super sweet, but for for a pale ale to me it tastes pretty sweet and it's not like a bready sweetness like from the malt it's more like like a sugary sweetness. Hmm. So I don't know like exactly where that is coming from in this, but it's got it does have like a nice maltiness, a nice you know crisp but you know light hoppiness, but it it is pretty sweet. I'm not used to that in a pale ale having like a s- sweet taste to it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's good, but I mean, I would never get it again. Yeah. I mean, I've had their golden nail in there. It's pretty good. Um, they're all very light. And so I do like that for the summer pack. And to be honest with me, the Sam Adams summer ale is probably the weakest beer that they have. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do not look forward to no, summer. Ale never. Season. I'm never really like a big summer ale fan. So, um, I think that, you know, at least packing the the pack with some other new things is warranted so that they don't really, you know, you're not wasting your, your money on a 12 pack that mostly has summer ales in it. So, but it's an interesting uh, experience, especially since Sam Adams really never has a pale ale besides, you know, what they, you would consider is their, their Boston lager. I mean, which is kind of a pale ale in itself. Cause it's so hopped up anyway. Um, all right, let's move right on to mall rats. Um, because, I'm eager to talk about it. It's actually been a while since I've seen Mallrats. Um, I'm going to guess probably over 10 years since I've seen Mallrats. And to be honest with you, I didn't remember it that well. But I want to preface <laughs> our our um, review, our, our discussion about Mallrats by saying that because we, we had the Blu-ray, we ended up watching the extended version of this film, which is basically a let's just call it what it is, a director's cut. Um, so the extended version is actually 30 minutes longer than the original theatrical version, which the theatrical version is about an hour and 36 minutes. And the extended version is an egregious two hours. <laughs> um, we'll just <laughs> two say hours that and 12 minutes. Yeah, we'll just say that right now. It, uh, way, way, way too long for itself. But it, we did watch the extended version, so our um, experience with Mallrats this time around was quite a bit different than when you're watching the theatrical version. Now, the, the most of the plot's still the same within the extended version, um, except it adds some things to it that are, um, I guess, are kind of cut out of the uh, original theatrical version of Mallrats. Um, in the theatrical version... Some of the uh, some of these plot lines are kind of there, right? But but they're not really expanded upon. No, like like it, you kind of get like a just snippets of it, but it's not really like a, some, something that you you know about. Yeah, and things are more just kind of like wait, what? Like plot point. There's a lot of loose plot points. Yeah. Um, the intro, like in the original theatrical, because I've seen the um, Mall Rats like probably four times now. And the last time I saw it was probably uh, four years ago, maybe five years ago. Um, like the original, like the original cut of Mallrats, like the, there's not this long winded intro. It's literally 
Like, oh, I'm going to go visit my girlfriend because we're going to go to Florida and we're going to go on vacation. And, she's, and then she tell, she tells him, like, oh, we can't go because I got to do my dad's game show. And he's like, oh, your father doesn't like me. And you don't really see why he doesn't like him and, you know, why Brandy's father doesn't like T.S. Um, but and then that's here, pretty much it, right? Yeah, and then and it just kind of, like, cuts right into yeah, the mall rats. And, like, going, like going to get Brody and talking about it and what... Brody getting dumped too by Shan Doherty and yeah, you know, and then like they go just go kind of go to the mall then like you know it's very bam 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 so like yep. but here like we have this in this cut it's like a fifteen fucking minute long winded drawn out opening to show why that Brandy's dad doesn't like T S and why things are going to hell in a handbasket in their relationship even though it's not really anything uh. I guess you would say that'd be super troublesome, but <laughs> yeah. it's a ninety mid nineties kind of right, right. You know, so. Yeah. I actually to be honest with you, so if we're talking specifically about the extended cut, um the intro really doesn't work all that well. It's it's for one thing, it's not really funny. It's it's not funny in the same sense of like the rest of Mall Rats. It seems out of place. Yes, because it's say- it's so extended. And things take, like, dialogue just takes up so much time that it's really, well, like, that's, I was unfunny. Gonna, well, I was going to say, that's, like, one of the things about Kevin Smith movies. You're They're kind of like Wes Anderson films in the sense of, like, of dialogue. Very dialogue-heavy. Um, right, and you have to really, and sometimes, you have to like that dialogue. And sometimes you're either going to be like, oh, he's being articulate, or, like, they're being overly wordy and pretentious. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, and, and I, even though Kevin Smith films are on the lower brow, they, he does like to throw in you know words and stuff that like because a lot of the characters in this, you know, uh, not a lot, all the characters in the Viewskew uh, universe, they're very pompous and pretentious. Like in, right, you know, like they, they, you just think, I, think back to the banter and clerks. Like yeah, um, da, you know, Dante's, you know, like. Oh, you know, like you know, throwing out the words while Randall's the crass ones, you know, right? And, and even the, in, the, even same. in this intro, in the extended version intro, they throw out an Oscar Wilde quote. I mean, for Christ's sakes, all well, makes sense because he T.S. T.S. Eliot. Well, I the, the, guess. Way, the way he's being wordy, right? No, but I'm just saying that, like, if if you're watching this and you're like, uh, you know following along oh it's lowbrow oh it's you know kind of slapstick uh, oh, and then I'll, all of a sudden you get a fucking Oscar Wilde like, yeah, no, he's like there. I'm gonna fuck you on this you know I'm gonna f- fuck you, you know, I'm gonna fuck you Brandy on top of the school do you, do you from behind uh, school as, you, as we would when we were old yeah yeah, yeah. while and you're then, looking at the stars through you know the, your telescope and yeah all of and, a sudden you get that Oscar Wilde quote and you're like what you know <laughs> it's not really uh it's it's it it's hit or miss and so like yeah you're right you either like you it don't, or you, you don't you don't use that as bedroom banter uh, probably like, not you but, know like you know quote, I'm pretty well read but I can't quote, quote Oscar Wilde quote like a little farewell to arms you know mm. no probably well, not in a semi way isn't it yeah yeah well. you mean the picture of Dorian Gray is Oscar Wilde yes but uh so you know, I, I was gonna say that too, like oh, like a little picture of Dorian like I couldn't remember th- um yeah, okay, yeah. No. Have you ever read that dandy story? No. I do, do you know how I long don't... he talks about things like jewelry and you've bracelets and you've, you've pictures told, and told, artwork? Say you've told I mean me literally seven. chapters of just going on and on about the brooch was emerald. I had a friend Fire. in college that read Moby Dick, and he said how much, like, he's like, literally, like, two-thirds of the book isn't even about Ahab and the whale. Yep. It's about just whaling itself and the... That's right. 
but no, I, I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm well read, but not in the way of novels because they 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 bore me. <laughs> but even if we're not talking about the extended version of Mallrats, um, I think you really do. Either, you either like Kevin Smith's dialogue or you don't, and it's really important that you like it in order to like actually enjoy a, a movie like Mallrats because the dialogue within Mallrats is actually part of the comedy. Like you're gonna throughout like if you don't like that style of like long-winded ridiculously descriptive dialogue that actually is somewhat sarcastic and you know comedic then you're not you're not going to like any of Mallrats cuz that's i mean basically Jason Lee's character just always delivers that kind of dialogue Jason Lee as Jason Lee that's pretty yeah pretty <laughs> much because he's always in say in um in uh, chasing Amy as Banky not well he's not is he Banky I can't remember. He's uh, he, he traces comics. Yeah, he's the, yeah. He's, he's literally the same. Character. I mean, basically, like, yeah. So you have to like that he's like sort of this uh, nerdy, sarcastic, and ridiculously like verbose person. And if, if like if you can't get into that, and technically, like, if you were to think of Jason Lee's character Bruce as a real person, like, he probably would seem very disparate. Like. Part of him doesn't seem like it would fit with the other part of him. You know, he's not, you can't be like a sarcastic dickwad, but then also be like a cool dur- dorky guy, cool dor- dorky geek. It just doesn't seem to work that well. It's, it's almost like, well, he's not cool though. He try he's at trying to be cool. I mean, he's, he's fairly cool. I would consider him fairly cool. He has, seems to have quite a few friends at least. Jason Lee. But and he hangs true. out at the mall all true. the time. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, uh, but I would say like if you if you can't get into that, you really are not going to get into Mallrats. Like that's 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 the style of this film, and and I think that's the style of Kevin Smith's early works. Like if you liked Clerks, you probably like Mallrats. Like if because Clerks has a lot of the same style of banter. The the difference between the two mainly is it's literally the same. Mallrats is Clerks. Yeah, the original. Yeah, it it's, really it's is. It's literally the original Clerks too, but they have a budget, and now there's more gross-out humor in it. Where you know, Clerks, part of the charm of Clerks is just literally them for like for ninety percent of the film, because there are times they go away from the quick stop. But for most part, ninety percent of the film is just things happening at the quick stop or the video store. Dante and Randall talking and their interactions that they have with the customers they deal with and the situations that happen. At the you know at the given stores, and that's the you know an hour and thirty. Well, and, and all rats. I and, mean, it's and, and effectively and the same thing. But but it's not like it's like the gross out humor is just more like in the dialogue itself because it's you know potty mouth. You you know they're like saying fucking you know shit and talking about all this other you know shit. Where in Mallrats, it's like it's the same formula, but they got a budget, so it's up the end. We can do all these things. Like we can show Ben Affleck, you know, having sex with a fifteen year old. In his little zoot suit and, yeah. you know, talking about him bumming people in the bum. Yeah, and, and but I mean, really, the, the formulaic approach to it here, where you have one main setting, you have two characters who are really doing the majority of the acting work and trading off dialogue and barbs with other people, it's all really the same. I mean, it, you can really trade out one for the other. And in this case, you know, in Clerks, Kevin Smith really took his love of videos and love of like references to movies. And he really put it into a film about dealing in a commercial sort of actually, actually working in 
a space where you have to serve the population. You have to work in customer service. That was Clerks. Mallrats is kind of the on the uh, other side of the spectrum. Now you're the commercial shopper and you're in a similar situation where you're in the same p- place for like 90% of the film. But this time you trade out a lot of movie references for a lot of comic book references and uh, a more, actually a, a little bit more of a complex uh, storyline, even though Mallrats is far from complex itself. But the, it's, but the, you're, you're right to say it's more complex because Clerks is really, I'm not supposed to be here today. You know, with, right. you, know, you know, Dante bitching about how he's not supposed to be there and then him wanting to and then the sub you know the subplot of it is um how he doesn't want to be with his girl he may want to get back with his old girlfriend because um his girlfriend that he's with that she, that loves him and all that he's upset now because she might have blown you know 20 you know 27 guys because you had that whole conversation when they're talking about you know how many people they, they slept with and he's like oh, i've slept with like six people and she's like well i only like slept with like I don't want to tell you. Then she, yeah, he's like, oh, how many dicks you suck? And she's like, oh, like 29 or something. And yeah, like, you hear that? She, she sucked like 29. Like, he's all upset and offended about it. And like, when she's like, but I've only slept with like three guys and like, you're one of them. And like, nope, that he's pissed off about that and he can't get over that. So he's like, oh, maybe I should get back with my old girlfriend. Maybe that's, you know, right. And how that's, you know, wrong. That's like, that's the underlying, I mean, that's the main, you know, the main, Idea of fable of it, but the whole the main, you know, that's the main thing, like the fable, the you know, the moral, of the story of that. But the main thing is just like him supposed to. I'm not supposed to be here today, right? Where here it's my girlfriend dumped me, your girlfriend dumped me. We're gonna go to the mall. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> at least at this plot, it's twofold. You get two so, different storylines going on here. So you you actually have you know even though most of the time T.S. and Bruce are together. Their storylines diverge, and so you do have that sort of, it gets a little bit more complex than Clerks. However, the budgeting is, you know, would similarly be the same. I mean, you're stuck, at this case, it's bigger, it's a larger scale, but you're still stuck in one area for, like, almost the entirety of the film. Still, from a perspective of, like, a moviegoer, that's pretty impressive to set nearly all of the film on the same day, in the same place, and and have it work for 90 minutes, that's that's pretty impressive. Now, the extended version doesn't work as well because it's way too long. But I think it once after the opening and, one, you know, once you get your bearings and you're finally getting to the mall, then it, th- then then it starts it, to... The pacing's much better. Yeah. I think that extended intro of... You know, how, you know, T.S. Um, and Brandy got into their tiff and how they, you know, have that running joke of, like, the media chasing him. Because in, in the original Clerks, they have jokes like, oh, didn't I see you on CNN for doing, like, you know, threatening governor and stuff? Like, they have, like, those jokes in there, but you don't see, like, what that happened. So it's like, what the fuck are they referencing? Right. You don't know. It's just, like, something in there. You get to see it in here, but however... The problem is it bogs down the pacing in the, for the first act like way too much. Right. So the film's better off not even having it in there. It's just like because like again at the end of the day like who cares about you know that plot point like it's just you know yeah it's it's definitely something that you know the extended version doesn't do as well. It's it definitely seems longer. Uh, I mean it is longer, but it definitely feels like it's longer. At least drags on at the beginning. 
But yeah, once you get to that mall, even in the theatrical version, uh, everything moves pretty fast. I think that there's a lot of witty dialogue here. Um, Jason Lee is surprisingly good at acting despite like not really having that much of a, a history behind it. And basically, he was a skateboarder. I think he's pretty good at delivering the always, lines that he needs. And maybe it's you're right in that it's just basically Jason Lee playing Jason Lee, so he doesn't really need to do much work here. But I feel like it's a lot of the people in this film, though. True. Yeah. Like Ethan Supley. Yeah. yeah. Ethan, it's like it's like it's just it's like oh yeah. You have if you didn't know. He's from, which by the way he's great in that. Like like literally like total like, like six minutes of screen time he gets. He's fucking hilarious. Just yeah. Like, Ethan uh, from Boy Meets World. The bully from Boy Meets World, if you don't don't know him very well, but his dad was Vader, the wrestler. No, I did not know that. And, and Boy Meets World, it is. Oh yes, yes, yes. Not the yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, in real yeah. life. Yeah, no, gotcha, no. gotcha, gotcha. No, because yeah. I remember, I remember that episode. Yeah, he's like, "Come on, son, you got me." <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Yeah, but um, I, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Joey, I mean, let's say Joey Lauren Adams is like playing Joey Lauren Adams, especially around the nineties. Like, oh yeah. You know, except here it's a little bit more pervy. Sure. Yeah. You know. You know. You know. Changing my underwear. Like you know. Right in the store. Basically, to, that's to... <laughs> who she always would play. Um, ben Affleck is basically fucking Ben Affleck at the time. That's so. Can't, not even hiding his Boston accent at the. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. Ben Affleck is is uh. It's funny because I'm really surprised that Kevin Smith went to some of the places that he goes through goes to in this, especially sex with a 15 year old. That's that's. That's prescient. That I'm surprised that it, it actually goes to that level, uh, especially because it really nor- kind of normalizes it. Um, when the 15 year old eventually starts seeing the uh, mall security guard that is like 45 years old, LaFors. and pretty uh, Lafors, and pretty much normalizes that behavior. I, I, uh, that was pretty ballsy on Kevin Smith's part. Uh, the whole thing, really. I mean, clearly she does. She's not 15 years old. Right. The, the actress who plays mm-hmm. that character is not 15 years old. But I still thought it was a little bit ballsy to to go there. But yeah, Ben Affleck is basically playing Ben Affleck here. You're right. He does. I mean, I think he, I, he is trying to hide that Boston accent a little bit, but he's just not very good at it. I don't know if this is like his first. It's one of his first. It's roles. one of his first roles. Yeah. But yeah, that it's terrible. And but the the best thing is just to see him in this ridiculous looking like velourish suit that is, is apparently supposed to be like modern man style. I don't ever remember that being the style in the mid nineties. I I don't either. I think it. I t- I think it's supposed to be like yuppie style. Like you're supposed to laugh at. It. Like it was Kevin Smith having a laugh at like people who think that they're stylish because they buy expensive clothes. Yeah, I know. But it looks but the, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but in the mid nineties, the True. whole the whole look was like the polo with the ass you know, ascot. And the, I just love how like, you know, goddamn baggy it is. I mean, you just have to look at you know like Goodwill Hunting, the whole like you know bar scene with you know yeah between Matt Damon and the <laughs> the asshole. Um, to be honest with you, Ben Affleck in this film, he's supposed to look. Or he's supposed to be like a big bully, like he's like a he is a macho man, masculine, muscular guy. But this suit makes him look tiny as hell because it's so big. Yeah, he doesn't look bulky. He doesn't look muscular. He looks like he looks like a fifth, a five year old guy in like a he just needs thirty six year old man suit. To say he just needs to get it like a ridiculous color and you have a nice zoot suit, like little hand, yeah. like you know. No, we're a little we're a little way off from zoot suit riot. I just I just think it's funny because 
the, the now the the suit style is like slim fitting, you know, very like form fitting. And back then it was like make sure you're swimming in it. <laughs> you know, get when you go like, out and get your suit, like our current president, measure yourself, and then make sure ten. it's like three times larger, <laughs> and, and and you're good to go. You you'll look you'll look suave. So debonair. Yeah, that's right. But I, yeah, I, I like Ben Affleck's character too. Is really not in this film that much. Neither is he. He gets like ten minutes. Yeah, neither is uh, Shan Doherty's character Renee. But she gets top billing. Yeah, yeah. Shan Doherty's Co- the big one here, coming right off of nine oh. Well, still on nine oh two one oh. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, because and really, you would say Jason Lee's the main character. He's, no, it's T.S. Sort of, but Jason Lee has like probably the most screen time of that, yeah, all of them. Yeah, no, I agree. But the, the main characters, T.S. So, because his relationship with Brandy takes, pr- even yeah, though Brandy's yeah. not really in it that much. It is, uh, that's the whole. That's the crux of it. That's even, the driving that even, force. It even starts it before the credits. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the whole driving force is Brandy and T.S.'s relationship. Renee and uh, Brody's relationships more just like the side, like, well, he's got to get his way too at the end. So, so to be honest, what, what do you think of the relationship between T.S. and Brandy, um, especially like what drives them apart? Because I think it's rather stupid in this film. Like, it's not a good plot setting. And I think the extended version tries to do a little bit more to make it like even more ridiculous as to why they would break up. But the real uh imposition here is that Brandy her father doesn't agree with her choice of TS and so he's breaking them up and she kind of goes along with it and there's really even though there's a whole explanation in the extended version about them getting in trouble because and they took w- a shot at a governor or whatever it, it's and then still the whole tabloid thing because like I said, the yeah. original theatrical cuts that's, like that's he, all just, not there. he just literally just shows up like hey we're, get, we're going to Florida are you ready? Yeah, and like, she's like, I can't. Yeah, yeah I'm not and calling. he's like, he's like, what the hell do you mean? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the whole thing is really dumb, and it 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 doesn't work very well to set up like a believable scenario. Um, so I I don't know. Does that does that cloud like how Mallrats comes off like as a film, or do you not really care that much about the actual plot line of them getting together because the rest of the comedy actually works better than the film? It's like the film's plot itself. Yeah, like, no, the other I, plot. I, it's. One of those cases, uh, one of the rare cases where it's like the plot really doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's more about everything else that's going and on. I, it's like, like again, I don't care about the relationship. Because one, um, both actors are terrible. <laughs> I, I, you know, um, I'm more concerned about, you know, Will, um, Ethan Suppley's Willem looking at the 3D picture and not being able to see the damn sailboat and him just getting more and more progressively angry as people are just walking up and be like, hey, look, a sailboat. Oh, look, a schooner, you know? And he's just, you know, getting angrier and angrier because that would be me. I would be the one looking at it forever. Like, I can't see it. And everyone's like, what do you mean you can't see it? Is it because of your lazy eye? <laughs> and I just can't see it. And getting angry, like, why, God, why can't I see? See, that's like, that's hilarious. Like, that part to me is more meaningful and impactful than their, you know, relationship. Same thing with Shannon Doherty and Jason Lee. Like, I don't really give a shit about their relationship. It's there's they have more engagement, so it's you get more invested in that. But other than that, um, it's actually kind of interesting how Mallrats plays out like that, where the actual it's almost like skit like in that you you would you care more about the skits that are happening. 
than you do about the main arc of the storyline. Because if you think about Mallrats, you're not really thinking like, oh, I can't wait until T.S. and Brandy get back together. I can't wait until Renee and Bruce get back together. You're more thinking about things like that fucking kid on the escalator. (laughs) You're thinking about um, the third nipple on the topless... uh, Topless um, fortune teller. Uh, so you're thinking more, it's it's almost more like skit-like in that you think about those. Fi- I say the 15-year-old <laughs> who's writing a book about, you know. You having know, sex with, uh, what is it, 18 different... to 30-year-olds or whatever. You, um, yeah, you think about those things rather than. Jane, Jane, I was say Jane, Silent Bob, and they're like, they're blueprint planning on how to ruin the city, you know, like, and them like going through and doing that yeah. and then. And the, then dealing with the security guard before, like all those like little like little skits that go on are what make the movie funny and make the movie interesting. It's again, it's not because of the storytelling. I think it's interesting that it plays out like that too, because that's sort of like a mall. You know, you go into the mall, you go into these all these little tiny stores around. So maybe I don't really care about the mall as a whole, but I do care about going to. Pack sun for some nice jean shorts and H M. <laughs> yeah, yeah, H H and M. Or uh, going to the the pet store because I want to look at little doggies. You know, you see, but so it's it it is really interesting how Mallrats plays out more like a skit than anything. And you could even like skip around and really you don't need to know much about what's say, going on in the main plot. I was gonna say the two and a half minutes of Brody and uh, T S debating about whether or not the cookie shop is part of the food court. <laughs> That's more energy, you know, that's like, that's where the film, you know, is really, you know, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's great. You know, yeah. that this quasi intellectual debate they're having on whether or not, you know, the cookie shop is part of the food court because it's not located within the, the food court area. It's off to the side, like it's on, its own on separate a, eatery and off to the separate level. So is it part of the food court? Is it for, as Brody would say, uh, mid shopping snacking? What would you say? It's not part of the food court. I would agree. I if it, there's no argument called, for me. I'll say it's it part, ain't no food court. No, the court is literally the squared area. That's why I wouldn't the, say Annie Ann's pretzels is part of the food court. No, they're never in the food court. No, they're off to the side. They're off to the side. Sabaro though, yeah. part of the food court. Sure, sure. I agree. I agree. I could go for a nice slice of pep right now. <laughs> Honestly. There's a great cameo on here from Stan Lee. He's I, oh he's that, great. That, that that conversation he has with Brody and with that sappy music playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck, that's fucking clear. Not only that, what makes it great too? He's like trying to talk about it, and Brody's like, "What about the things, Dick? Yeah. <laughs> what about what about Reed Richards, Dick? He, he, he can stretch himself. Can he stretch that? And he's like, "That's a superhero secret." <laughs> now let me tell you about the one that got away. Yeah, I know. I, I think Stan Lee's great in this. Like. Normally, you just see him in real, like, quick snippets when he's in a Marvel movie. But here, he does get a lot of, of t- a screen time to really showcase his acting abilities. And I, he does a great job. Yeah, no. He's, that, he's great. No, that, I, I love that. So that, that part to Very me. surprisingly well done part of the movie. And yeah, I, I think that's another... You mentioned it. That's another good touch from Kevin Smith that's really makes the film even more ridiculous. It's those sappy stretches of, like, having sappy music... Like when um, Joey Lauren Adams is with uh, Shannon Doherty and they're getting ready. Uh, I don't even remember what they're No, Brandy's. Oh, yeah, it was Brandy. Brandy's getting ready for her. Um, to be on the show. To be on her dating show. And there's like the sappy music playing like, well, you know, if I, I, 
I, after I stopped dating him and he started dating you, I realized how great a guy he was. What a great catch! And he it's was. so great. And it's like right now. Yeah, but it's also funny too because Brandy's like, "Yeah, but you, you were cheating on him yeah. all the time," and she's like, mm, "Youthful, I, 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 yeah, capricious youth." <laughs> I think that uh, that you know Kevin Smith does highlight some of the ironies right there with the music itself. And mm. I think it works pretty well. Like, there's a lot of slapstick humor here. There's a lot of like, almost like Three Stooges level, especially with like, James on Bob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, slapstick. Constantly, and then, constantly, yeah, especially because like when um, Silent Bob's whole thing throughout the film, he's try. He just got done watching uh, Empire, Empire and, Strikes and Back. Return of the Jedi, so he's trying to do. Uh, move things to the force. I hate that he calls it Jedi mind trick because you know Kevin Smith. You should know better that Je- that's not the Jedi mind trick, right? You're not tricking anything. You're just trying to move something with the force. But so he's trying to do that, like in the begin, like when you- we first see him and Jason Muse, he's like constantly like smacking, him, like knock it off. And then you hear like Wah-huh, like in the background, like the music going like Wah-huh, as he's trying to move it, and he's like quit it, you know, stop it. Yeah, I mean, I think that. He does a good job with the the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm even surprised that there wasn't like some one of those Scooby Doo's like, <laughs> like when they're trying. To there are some parts. Like, there are some. I like mean, that, at, yeah. at, at, I say at the uh, when uh, at the end of the film when they're ruining the game show. Um, yeah. Fucking when uh, Kevin Smith's hanging upside down, like the ropes breaking. It's like boing. Yeah. Right. Boing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they do use some pretty cartoony sound effects. Yeah. Too, but it, I mean, it is. Uh, I, I do think it works. Fine. I think it works it's, for more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because for how the, ridiculous it is, it's pretty funny because the film is is uh, it has its adult humor, but it also has sort of like a a childlike whimsy. Yeah, whimsy to it as well. Like even the even the mention of anal, because basically Ben Affleck's sole goal is to get in the brown hole. So <laughs> of every girl, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I love it the way he frames it too. He goes, "I like to get women on the rebound because they're hurt and you know they're in a vulnerable position. position. I like and, to put it in an uncomfortable place, and, and they're and they're um and they're more open to suggestion, like like you know like just like thinking back, like man, was it like that taboo in '95? Now it's right, like, like anal, yeah. yeah. Because like I said, now with like or not now, but <laughs> when Clerks Two came around, it wasn't just you didn't just have to mention anal in passing. You could then say like you know." Don't do ass to mouth. Like it was, you know, upping the ante on that. So yeah, but apparently back in '95, anal was like a secret thing that like girls do sometimes, but you don't talk about it. You don't talk about it open out in the open. Only Catholic girls. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Damn Catholic girls. So, but it it is pretty funny too because you know I just like that. That's that's Ben Affleck's goal. (laughs) It's just to like that's like what he sets. It's not. It's not even that he wants like to just lay a whole bunch of chicks. Said so he has to lay them in I, the ass, and I do love the joke of like he likes to put it, in, uh, do it someplace uncomfortable. Oh, you mean like in the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah, that's <laughs> a resounding joke that that comes up. What one thing I like about Kevin, which Smith's by the way, to go off a little sure, t- go off a little tangent here. If Rosario Dawson said ass to mouth, I say oh yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, you don't say no. Um, one thing I do like about Kevin Smith's jokes, though, is that they are pretty true to reality in that, like, there, there's funny things that you always think about that you just, like, probably would never say or bring up. But in this case, like, the whole sticking your hand down your pants and rubbing it in your ass sweat is something that I have personally experienced in that, like, your ass sweat smells pretty particularly bad sometimes. And it does linger on the hand. 
if you accidentally touch your ass with your swe- sweaty <laughs> ass hand, you're cleaning out your swamp ass. So the whole joke about that is really funny because that is true. I mean, it is true that it, like ass sweat doesn't doesn't particularly smell bad. So it, I I I don't know if you get food poisoning for it from it unless you have a particularly nasty well. That ass. chocolate was on that pretzel is pretty melted. That so was it's pretty gross. Yeah, yeah that I would not be like, oh let me yeah, I love chocolate. Oh, I'll have a chocolate person. Oh, it's they're melted. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Mike, speaking of Michael Rooker, pretty, uh, pretty funny to find him here. He's great. Uh, he's pretty. He's also really good. He's I think really, he's resourceful. I think I, I was gonna say. Um, just talking about the cast, I'll say overall, I think Jason Lee is the only good main actor. Sure, and because I would say the main actors are Shan Doherty. As Renee, uh, Jeremy London as T.S., Jason Lee as Brody, and then Claire Forlani. as uh, Brandy. They're the our main cast. I would say they're, um, the supporting cast, though, they're all fucking great. You know, like you said, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse is always great as Jay and Silent Bob. You know, Ethan Supley, fucking hilarious. Stan, as you said, Stan Lee's cameo is great. I love Brian O'Halloran's uh, cameo in this as the third suitor on the show. He's fucking hilarious. Just like, well, you know, being kind of like the jolly, you know, golly G. Willikers type guy. He is that, and, and he also and has a, a particularly terrible haircut. Oh, an amazing mullet. It, that oh, is that, horrible. That took me by, that made me gasp. <laughs> It took me by surprise. I, I really can't believe you forgot. I don't he had, remember him because it's it's literally like man, like he went from the goat, like the pomp, like kind of like pompadourish, like in like Clerks One and the goatee to like wow, like who told you that was a good idea? Right, I know. Right, I, like I said, it made me gasp a little bit. Like <laughs> whoa, the nineties struck. The very early nineties. Yeah, you know, like you know, yeah. A little lingering, but no, like his like golly G Willikers, you know, attitude is like the suitors. I think like he, he, it's a great, and it's a great foil to Jason Lee being you know the smartass throughout the entire thing, basically you know giving him shit for being a shit bag. Um, but no, like I I love that, you know. Yeah. Um, how about we haven't talked about the very '90s soundtrack? It's it's a it's a I I I like the soundtrack. I have a particular nostalgia for 90s soundtracks, and I think this one is very in your face about it, it because I would say, like, the well, first... Well, most of them are. I mean, the we, first We part, talked about that when we did, like, 90s Slasher yeah. Month, like, like, oh, yeah, you like, oh, yeah, let's start, like, well, oh, how are we going to start the faculty? Let's play, I don't know if this is it, but it's, this, this would probably be the perfect opening song, though, for the faculty. Let's play the Offsprings, the kids aren't all right. Yep, you know, but it's it's very like even like every single scene transition is punctuated by '90s alt rock, alt ska rock. Yeah, got and got some Sublime, got some great. Weezer. All it's missing is like a little Goldfinger and some Mighty Mighty Boss tones. But they supplement with some other punky soundtrack songs. So I think it. I think it's again, all of Mallrats is basically a distillation of the '90s because. Mid nineties. The only time early mid nineties. You cannot do this film now unless you are setting it back in the nineties. It just does. Well, who hangs out at the mall now? That's exactly. I mean, the only thing that you could get out of it is like 
a sad story about dying mall trends. Like that would be like a set at a Sears or something like that. Like, like everybody's trying to get out. They don't, they, all they have is retail experience for 15 years in Sears and they're, they're unable to find a job anywhere else. And Sears is closing and it becomes a very sad melodramatic story of middle-aged management trying like to get off a, S- a slowly sinking ship. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the movie that you got. Rats too. Very, very sad. <laughs> It'd be them going. Craftsman's at Lowe's now too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we've yeah. we've we've lost what made people want us, the men that could still come here. See, the cra- that that goddamn lifetime warranty on your Craftsman wrench. Yeah. Now you can get it at Lowe's. We're done. Scene fifteen. Interior. <laughs> Close up reaction shot. Sad. <laughs> Black, Black Friday shopping. Every other store's busy except them, Macy's, and JC Penney's. It's a ghost town. Just like, where is everybody? That's, that's Small Rats too. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, like, I can definitely see, like, a sequel to this, but it would have to be set, like, in the 90s again. It would be or more of, like, 80s. a nostalgia 80s. trip. Yeah, yeah. 80s even more so because, like, yeah. that was, you know. It would be, like, a nostalgia. You would have to bank on the nostalgia of the, the time period rather than trying to, like, literally set... A film in the now in the present what would be at like, a mall. What would be like the equivalent of like today's um for the children? Phones. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean an equivalent. Yeah, that's a good question. What is an equivalent to the mall now? Or what is an equivalent to roller skating? Um I don't know. To be honest with you, I really don't. I don't know what Online the new games. Yeah, the, just play, like, like, the new trend is. Yeah, I don't know. It's more. It literally is technology, though. No, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm just like standing around with your friends while you're Kevin. I say Kevin Smith's next movie is just gonna be like two hours of like kids just on their phone, like pretty much. And I'm like, it'd be a maybe si- that's what you're si- si- I, si- I don't know. Be a silent film, and it's just like the, just except the sound of the texting. They don't even talk. It's like, isn't Yoga Hosers about bowling though? Oh, I, don't, no, I, don't I, I don't even know. Which, by know. the way, that's not a slight against, like, I'm not saying, like, those goddamn YouTube. No, no, no. No, I'm, that's I'm not what I'm saying like, either. We're just saying that the change in times. I know, I know. It's hard to distill, like, the 2010s yeah. into, like, kids go here. Because you did used to have that. You know, this. Uh, well, now, too, now that parents are so scared, like, they, bro, the kid's going to get shot. Like, you know. Maybe it's, maybe, you know what it would be? It would be Coachella. It'd be Coachella. That's where, that's, that's what it would be. Bonnaroo. Or Dave Matthews Band's concert. Um, Stuff well, like that. Well, that was our generation. Nah, that's true, too. Yeah, He's got a new album out. Don't care. You're doing We got to move on here. Anything else? Do you have anything else specifically that you want to talk about? About Mallrats? Anything that you we haven't touched on yet? We touched on a lot of the funny stuff. My favorite part in this film is the escalator scene. It's always been my yeah, favorite part. Always will be my it's, favorite part. That's why we use it as just, the intro. It's just great because they're having that serious conversation about like relationships. And just Jason Lee just keeps breaking up like, oh my God, that kid's on that goddamn escalator. And it just get, I can relate because I do get irrationally angry about different things too. When I, and, and my wife knows that I... Sometimes don't listen to her when something else is happening. So it's, it's, I can relate. I can relate. That's, maybe that's why well, I like it. Well, as I say, what tops it off, I just love that the, the, the kid actually does. Yeah, stuff. Jason Lee was right. And yeah, always <laughs> listen to your elders. I do remember in like the mid-90s seeing like a Rescue 911 episode where a kid got caught in the escalator. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Having good old Bill Shatner, you know. Yeah. Talking about. Be careful on the escalator. Yeah. You can get stuck. Your shoelaces get caught in there and you're, you're toast. Maybe terrified for a couple that's, of years. That's right. Yeah. Use the stairs. Yeah. Use the stairs. Better, um, better for you. I think we pretty much, we, I mean, we touched on everything though. I, I think. I, I love the movie. I, I, even watching now, the extended version, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend. I would recommend watching the theatrical version. Only if, like, if you like the movie and, like. And you wanted to check out yeah. a different version of it. I mean, the intro to the S extended version that Kevin Smith does on the on the Blu-ray and the original DVD that it was released. It's uh, fucking hilarious. Watch that, because it is really funny. Because he knows that the extended version is really shitty. But he also kind of self-deprecatingly refers to Mallrats as not a really great film either. Well, it was panned. Yeah, it, it was, was criti- yeah. critically derived. Like, which is, again, like I said, that doesn't make sense. Like, Clerks, what a brilliant film! Like, and then like they yeah, see Mallrats, and like, well, you know, I don't know. It's like, well, it is pretty interesting. Well, it's too. like, well, Roger, it's literally the same, right? <laughs> Clerks, it was a a meta commentary about working in retail, and Mallrats is sort of the opposite. Is a meta commentary about consumerism and where you gather and and what happens in that space, and so. I mean, I would say that the consumerism part of that is really limited, but the whole rest of it is that this popular gathering spot for '90s kids as a nostalgia factor. It was a good. It was a good commentary, and it it, it does have some commentary on that. Um, and like how the whole, like, the whole dating game thing, yep. like, like oh goody, and nice, you know, trying to win the '90s youth market by using '70s. Uh, you know, I, I I mean I would say I don't think I don't think Mallrats is as smart as Clerks. No, I don't think it's trying to be though. right, but it, but it it does have its its own charms, and I you know maybe maybe it just was that the 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 characters or the the dialogue didn't hit as well for that those critics, but it does have its own charms. And I think part of film. I think what part of Clerks is brilliance too, and we'll have to like do a Clerks review. I sure, think, I think part of Clerks is brilliance though is the fact that it it's br- so smart in its dialogue and i but it's unintentional mm-hmm. I, I think because kevin i th- really do think and kevin smith would probably admit he's like he was he just didn't know any better it's like a you know aristotelian commentary almost like a you know like a like a dialogue like the, like, but a bit, but uh, but about videos and and movies well no, i'm just like you think like about the whole like uh death star debate like you're like well so the first death, you know, like the, when they talk about like the whether or not it was right to, to blow up the Death Star, because in the first one it was just it was already completed, so you killed all the empires, fine. But in, this, in return, still being built, so you have contract right. and all this stuff. Like again, it's like something so stupid, something yeah. so minute, like something that would actually come up like between like people who were like just randomly talking. Yeah, yeah it was like and, a philosophical dialogues, except about people who would talk about movies rather than. Than, in uh, life, in life situations, yeah. no. But my point is, it's just like he's taking something so simple and so minute, and making it simple and minute. And the brilliance is, like I said, I think the brilliance of it is the fact that, like, it's like holy crap, no one ever thought to do that. And like, wow, what, what a neat idea. And it's like he didn't, like I said, he didn't know any better. Like he's like, I was just you know th- like writing was, dialogue that I that thought would what, be, yeah. What it's not like he, he thought would be. It's not like he was sitting there. Like, this is going to be really, you know, like right. ch- chuckling away. Like, this is going to be really, you know, people are going to find this to be hilarious. Yeah. I, Whereas I assume kind of when he's probably writing clerks, he's like talk, writing Aston Alex. Like, yeah, this is going to be funny. 
Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think Mallrats is as good like that, but but maybe maybe not as good as Clerks, but still um a very funny movie and again, it has its unique moments that really make it a different style of cult film than Clerks, especially for those people growing up in the 90s. Very much a, a 90s film and very nostalgic. Clueless like opening credits sure. with, like the music you know and like yep. the that's yeah, great i think it works uh, um so out of uh 10 10 uh comic books obviously that would that would make sense i guess not really creative but 10 comic books what would you give Morris? well if we ever do chasing amy you're gonna have to think of something different because comic books are the well we'll think part of, of that we'll too. think of something else <laughs> excuse me Whoa. i'd give it an eight I'll give it an eight out yeah. of ten. I would probably give it, yeah, like an eight, eight point five. Uh, as we said, just you know, I think it's probably it's not as good as Clerks, but it does have its own unique moments. You really follow along with the skits rather than the than the full plot line. And I do feel bad that we're kind of comparing it to Clerks because I, I, I don't. It's like I said, it's it's got the same it's formula, similar, but it's 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 got the same formula, but it's definitely different enough. Like I said, it's a lot more. There's a lot more gross out humor and slaps, much more slapstick. And um, like I said, it just takes the original idea and like does the next logical step, builds upon it. Yep. Fun movie. Just maybe stay away from the extended cut. Hmm? I'd recommend theatrical. All right, so. Uh... What are we doing next week? Were you serious about Halloween 2? The zombie remake? If you want to. I mean, it is topical. We could probably do it. I, I don't have any problems with that. And I've I, never seen it. And I, I've never seen it either. So I it'll refuse, be a, a I refuse to. fun <laughs> time. <laughs> and to be honest with you, we're like halfway, a little bit more than halfway to Halloween. So it'll get us in a good mindset. And, you know, as August rolls around, I'm, I'm getting into that Halloween mood. So, I, And I think we generally start our Halloween... Like right at the end of August. It's either end of August, early September, and we probably will go to a weekly uh, format format for that time period. So got a lot to fit in. That's right. That's what she said. And I think too, we're we're thinking about doing a series coming up too. Probably after Halloween too, we'll do a series. We'll talk about that off the show. So we'll have some more news for you as it comes. But I think that's that's a, a goal coming up. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode on Mallrats. We hope that you find us on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcasting app and subscribe and leave us a nice review. Um, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. We have a Twitter at blood and black rum. We are, uh, we have a, uh, email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean where we post our episodes first and become a patron. It's blood and black rum podcast.podbean.com. And then also, um, just make sure that you, uh, you send us some, some stuff that you want to hear us cover on the show because we're always looking for new suggestions and recommendations, what we can do better. Uh, so let us know via review by email on Facebook, Twitter, however you want to. Thank you for listening again, and we will see you next time for Rob Zombie's Trash Heap Halloween 2. Take care.